Returning to our earlier story about labour shortages and the cost of attracting and keeping staff, the Council of Trade Unions is calling for the minimum wage to be raised about, well, almost $2.50 an hour to $23.65 to match the living wage. National's finance spokesperson Nicola Willis has advised caution, suggesting the minimum wage is already high enough and any further jump would fuel inflation. Well, joining us now is economist Shamabel Jacob from Sense Partners. Tēnā koe, Shamabel. Yeah. At twenty three sixty five an hour, the equivalent of the living wage, is that affordable? Well, you know, we've always had these um, big questions around when the minimum wage increases. Are we going to see mass business closures or are we going to see mass inflation? Both of those things haven't happened in the past. The difference now, of course, is the minimum wage is now relatively high compared to the median or normal wages that we see in New Zealand. So the pressures are building. And that would be a significant jump, right? Almost two bucks fifty. Would it be inflationary if we put that money into people's pockets? Well, given the intense labour shortages that we're seeing in the industries that are likely to experience it, so in things like horticulture, retail, hospitality, I'm not entirely sure that it is going to be a big binding constraint. And the reason I say that is for them to be able to attract workers right now, the minimum wage is simply not enough. Okay, so small businesses would argue that they've had a pretty tough few years. If they can't afford to pay an increase at the twenty three sixty five an hour point, um, do we just accept that some of them will fail and that that is a reset? Well, listen, again, this is the thing, right? Every time we have a conversation about the minimum wage, we go, oh, there's going to be all these business failures. But we never seem to have the big, you know, bout of business failures. I think the main thing that tends to happen when there's an increase in minimum wages is most of the businesses in that sector, usually around retail, hospitality, things like cleaning um, uh, and horticulture, all the providers increase their prices if they can. And generally speaking, they can because um, where else are you going to go? You still got to buy your coffee, right, if you want it. That, that takes us into that cycle, though, doesn't it, right? So we've got 7.2% inflation at the moment. We put up um, across the board, let's say, the minimum wage by almost $2.50. You say it gets um, bumped on to the consumers, so they're spending more money, and around and around we go. It does, and as long as the economy is strong enough, right? And so we get the business closures or the reduction in profit margins when the economy is not that strong. And I think that's where a lot of the concerns will be coming this year, that the economy is feeling pretty weak. Consumer confidence is very low. Business confidence is very low. I'd be very surprised if the government came along and said, we're going to give a inflation or inflation plus increase in minimum wages in this environment. Um, especially given election year, they would like to make sure that they're keeping everybody happy, including including the business sector. So it's a political decision rather than one of whether we can actually afford it or sustain it or not. Of course, it's always a political decision. It's a, and the reality is that for the workers on minimum wages, more often than not, the increase in the minimum wage is not the increase in the take on pay. Because if you have most of these people are on such low incomes that they're getting other benefits too. And more often than not, that increase in wages will be eaten up by loss of entitlements elsewhere. So we've got lots of other work we could do in policy that would actually help low-income earners more than increasing the minimum wage. Like what? Give us your top suggestion. 
Well, the first thing is really around the, um, you know, the abatement rates on things like working for families. That really affects working mothers in particular when it comes to increases in minimum wage. And we should absolutely deal with things like working for families, which makes it so expensive for people to work. Okay. well, there's been talk about um, labour shortages today, the new Prime Minister meeting with business. They're saying it's the kind of number one um, thing on the fix-it list for him and some suggesting that we need to open up our borders for more immigrant workers. Is that part of the solution? Well, Israel has long relied on immigration to fill our skills gaps. But it's not a panacea because when people come, that also increases demand. The reality is that right now we've, we're dealing with this incredible demand for workers. But across the business community, we're seeing job ads starting to fall, especially since kind of about October, November last year. And that means that I think there's less urgency to kind of open up the floodgates per se, but being really focused on areas of intense labor shortages in places like health in particular. I think we really need to get moving pretty fast. But do you generally think we're at a sweet spot then with the immigration settings, with the exception of those um, industries or areas, like you've just mentioned, health, who are crying out for workers? Well, I think New Zealand's never had a proper conversation about what immigration is for. We kind of use it as a political tool to deal with whatever we want to at the time. Um, Currently, it happens to be that it's labour shortages. Ten years ago, it was because we wanted population growth and economic growth. And I think it's really unfair to play... Um, you know, use immigrants as this little uh, political chess pieces. We need to be a little bit more structured around what we wanted for. That would create more certainty both for the immigrants and for the businesses in New Zealand. And right now, neither political party is providing that. Good to talk to you, Shamabil. That's Shamabil Jakob from Sense Partners.